0: Hey, Lisa.
1: Yes, John?
0: Do you think we'll ever get out of debt? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings, and welcome to the Christmas edition of The Hesitant Healer. I'm here with my trusty sidekick and partner in crime, <laughs> Lisa Kay. Hey,
1: everybody. How's it going?
0: You know, you want me to be that person that uh, tells you if you have spinach in your teeth? hmm Yeah, you had poppy seeds for breakfast, didn't you? I did. You got to talk into the mic with that, I did, with I that did. filthy mouth <laughs> Stop it. Hey, uh, I got a topic that's near and dear to everybody's heart. What is that? Can you heal your money problems? Ooh. Right? Ooh. So when I was thinking about this in research, and it's like, what What do I really talk about? Because everybody's got some. Right. Right? And, uh, and some are good, and some are bad, and, and what would you do with a billion dollars? You know, the, the mm-hmm. fantasy that everybody thinks about. Um, But- One of the things that helped me, I'll I'll allude to this book early. One of the things that helped me was a book called The Energy of Money. I I do not remember who gave that to me. Um, But it was a thought process that I had never really engaged in. um, In um, thinking about like there's... That money is an energy, I guess is what I wanna say. Sure. Right. Of course that, it is. That you know, you you don't you don't think about money as a as a you think about money to pay for things, but you don't think about money as a behavior pattern. Oh,
1: oh, that's a good right? way to put it.
0: Or how you behave because of or with or about money. Right. And I'll give you a couple of for instances here. I learned through therapy a long time ago this came up when i was dealing with this back in the day uh story number one okay i'm a small child of five or six i know i was still small because in this memory i'm in a shopping cart okay with my feet sticking out my mom pushing me down the aisle and I see a cereal, I believe it was, that I wanted. I'm going to go with Captain Crunch because that sounds good right now. It does. And I say, Mom, I want that Captain Crunch. She says, when you can pay for it, you can have it. <laughs> I'm like, I got money. She goes, where'd you get money from? I said, I got like $5 from my birthday last week. And she says, oh, no, you spent that money last week when we got Twinkies.
1: Oh.
0: Right. So, here's the thing I learned through the magic therapy with that particular story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, I learned very early not to trust institutions. Ah, yes. Right? The institution not... of motherhood. Right. The institution of Rosalie. <laughs> the institution of money and where money and security go. Right. And And... That when you get money, you you must spend it immediately or it will disappear and somebody will take it from you. Right. Now, I didn't know that's what I was learning.
1: <laughs> Way back I then. I just
0: wanted that fucking Captain Crunch, <laughs> but, but that's what eventually happened. Okay. So I didn't learn anything about money. Now, the other part of that story is my mama, who grew up... Swear to God, Lisa, mm-hmm. on the south side of the tracks in Winslow, Arizona. Arizona, wow. Everybody listening knows where Winslow, Arizona is because there's a corner.
1: Yes, apparently there
0: is a corner. In Winslow, Arizona with a girl standing on it. Right. There's a song about that. Look it up. There it is. And... uh So, and I heard about it all my life, right? Right. Poor Mexican girl grows up on the south side of the tracks, Winslow, Arizona, which is a tiny town. You can still throw a rock from end to end there. Right.
1: It's not big.
0: And uh, so she learned to appreciate in a convoluted way, in a scared way, the fear of not having money. When you grow up poor, you learn how not to have money. Right. And when you do have money, uh, you learn how to keep it a secret. Right. Um so I distinctly remember now we go up into teenage years. Mm-hmm. Uh first of all, and we lived in a rural little town called Cherry Valley <laughs> in uh in uh in the inland. Inland Empire, the, inland Empire yeah. in and around it's out towards the edge of the desert by Palm Springs, but Cherry Valley is uh, up in the hills there, Beaumont, Banning, California. Um we would close our shades and windows all the time. And we lived on, a, on an acre and a half where you couldn't see neighbors and she would still keep those curtains closed because she didn't want anybody looking in. So there was a bit of paranoia. Well, but when it came to money, I distinctly remember dad having conversations about money or mom having conversations about money and she would stop the conversation and close the curtains. Right? Because wow. we don't want anybody to know.
1: Wow. Right?
0: Um, conversely... Uh, and very generically, right. I'll tell you, I had a, a client in here last week that was talking to me about some uh, money that she had received from family, mm-hmm. and and she was just asking about security and what would you do if, mm-hmm. and uh, I turned her on to a, a, another client who's a, a money manager kind of guy, right. and that's all I did, and I got a text an, an hour later saying, my parents were pissed that I told you about that money. right? right? So people behave differently differently. Uh, about money, and it depends on how you grew up with it and right. and what the circumstances were. Right. So I learned how not to uh, be very frugal and how not to pay bills. Uh, they didn't fucking teach you to balance a checkbook in high school. None of those things. And I'm bad with math. That's a well documented fact. Mm. And so uh, you know, comes the money. I got it. I spend it. I got it. I spend it. Mm-hmm. Story number two. Okay. I'm married. Okay. I have a wife and uh, three very small children. Uh-huh. I am currently drinking a lot. Okay. Still in party phase. Ooh. And in case I didn't mention it in earlier stories, uh, she got pregnant one right after the other. Mm. In a very quick succession. And when I woke up, I had three kids. At one point, Lisa Kay, I had three children- under the age of three years old. Oh my gosh. That woman meant business. <laughs> so uh, we didn't exactly fall in love and have a storybook marriage. Right. There was some some shotgunning kind of stuff, and, and okay. we were two different people living two different lives, learning and trying how to be married with three kids, mm-hmm. right, in my Mind's eye looking back on that. Right. She, she, because I worked a lot as a chef, sometimes 18 hours a day, Mm. uh, we got into the habit of when she, uh, when holidays would come around, Mm -hmm. I'm working. Right. right? I mean, you're, you're in the hotel restaurant business. You're working holidays. That's right. So she would take the kids to her mom's house up in, up in Modesto. Right. Right. And so we learned to have separate vacations that way because she would have all the kids. Okay. So, this one particular time she had taken him out, uh, ATMs were relatively new, mm-hmm. so this had to be late 80s, I'm thinking, and- um, Probably early 90s. Maybe, maybe-ish. Yeah. And uh, she's gone. Mm-hmm. I go check the bank account. <laughs> There's like 300 bucks in there. Oh. <gasps> and, Score. I took, and I, you're
1: all by yourself
0: I'm by myself and, and there's casinos close and ah. I, I don't think I was gambling then but I mean I, I took it to party for sure right uh, uh, well I was still drinking so I mean I know I took it to go have a good time with some friends right In my head, this is how the next part of this story goes. (laughs) It's probably a couple weeks later. Uh We lived in an apartment out there by Shannon Hills on the golf course. Uh I walk up the stairs. Uh I open the door and the room was glowing red and pulsing and she's on the couch. You remember Zool? Zool. Right? (laughs) From From from, uh, uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, right? It's like that. I walk in, (laughs) her eyes are glaring red and she's looking at me like Zool, right? Ooh. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And she says, like, drippy, deep, horrible voice. Did you get into the checking account? Oh, I'm like, oh. what? She goes, did you take money out of the checking account? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> there was like 300 bucks in there. <laughs> she goes, we just bounced all our bills. Oh, my god, Rent, <gasps> food, car payment. Oh, no. I'm like, seriously, I'm like, What?
1: (laughs) You had no, you did not get that A equals
0: I was, I was, how can I be overdrawn if (laughs) I I still still have have checks? Right. So from that point forward.
1: You didn't get access to the Mama took
0: hold of all the money. (laughs) And I was not allowed to have the checkbook or the PIN number. Mm. And for the next, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, this is how I got money. Go to the store, go get milk and eggs and bread. Right. Here's 25 bucks. Uh Uh-huh. Bring me the change. I would bring her the change and she would get the bills. I would keep the coin. Ah. When I had enough coin, I could go buy things with my coins. Wow. That's the only money I had for almost 10, 10, 12 years. Oh, my goodness. So by the time I got separated and then divorced, I was pretty screwed up when it came to money. Right. And I've told the story about, before about when in this time period, you know, John goes by his underwear for the first time, right? <laughs> John cooks food for the first time, right? John gets his own bank account and learns how to manage money for the first time. All in your it, mid it, to late 30s. 30s yeah. yeah, this this took some time. Um, In that time frame, uh-huh. I'm going to go... Mm, right about the middle of that story. Uh huh. We'll end that one. We'll start a new story. Okay. Right, because this all plays in too. Okay. Once upon a time. I had a grandma on my father's side. I had grandma, grandpa, JP, and Carol. Uh And Carol had a sister. Grandma Carol had a sister Uh who I don't ever remember meeting, maybe when I was a very small child. Okay. But stay with me. All right. Carol's sister, Elsa, Uh was married to a guy named Eric. So there was Uncle Eric and And Aunt Aunt Elsa. Elsa.
1: That sounds so Disney. (laughs) We
0: had heard about them, but we never really saw them and didn't know much about them. And we had always heard we had a rich uncle. All right. We got a rich uncle. Right. In 1985, four, 84, mm-hmm. I was in Germany in the army. Right. And I got a letter and I opened it up and basically paraphrasing here, it says, hey, John, I'm giving you this gift uh blah 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 i've given it to your father because i understand you're indisposed serving our country in germany you can contact him for this it's in the amount of five thousand dollars oh i have no idea what this is okay now no cell phones back then is
1: he still alive then
0: uh still alive then okay no cell phones back then no there was a a thing they did back then in 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 the military where you could get on a ham radio basically right and it was like you know and it was really garbled but you could make phone calls that didn't cost any money then right and i called dad and goes what the hell is this he says it's uncle eric so i get the story that uncle eric who is a multimillionaire, hmm. um who this is a great story okay let's have another story here <laughs> Uncle Eric and his brother were adopted by his father and mother because they could not have kids at the turn of the century in California. Okay. So they decided to adopt a couple of boys. All right. That man was into lumber, the oh. California lumber, uh, redwood oh. deforestation back then at the, at the turn of the century in California. Right. So early, early 1900s. Right. Right. So when these boys turned 18, they literally did a biblical thing on them and said, here's your inheritance. This is all you get. Whatever you do with it is going to determine the rest of your life. And wow. brother one yes. went and partied his ass off. And brother, brother two. Brother two, who was Uncle Eric, uh-huh. invested and worked in the business and inherited the whole business. The lumber company and and an acumen of of good business ethics. Wow. Uncle Eric then turned that into... Multiple investments. In fact, when when all was said and done, I actually inherited his desk, and I got the desk drawer that had all the tabs of his investments. Oh
1: my goodness! PG
0: and E, SCE, Coca Cola, Disney. He invested in all of these things early, early turn of the century. Wow! And then the story goes that for the rest of his life, Uh uh, and some somewhere in the early early seventies, he he was living on a pear ranch up in I want to say Mendocino County. Or someplace up north. Oh, and uh, Six Flags came in and bought his land. Oh. And he took all that money and, for the rest of his life, rented an entire floor in a high-rise in San Francisco. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: And uh, just opened investment checks, basically. Wow. One of the other things that, that they that were kind of famous for is there were a couple of brothers by the name of Green and Green who were very famous in the world of architecture. Right. And they built houses... Out of peg and die. So they did not use nails. Oh my goodness. They built houses with wood and pegs and drills and hand sanded corners so that there were no sharp corners. And Tiffany glass windows. Oh my goodness. Right? Stained glass windows. So there's a... Uh, A very famous house in Pasadena called the Gable House. Yes. They built that. Oh, wow. And then he grew up in, it's called the Thorson House. He grew up in the Thorson House, which was built by Green and Green.
1: Isn't that near Stanford?
0: It's up in um, Oakland. Okay. And it is actually currently uh, owned by Cal State. uh, Stanislaus? No, 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 no. In Oakland. Cal State, uh, uh, the Bruins.
1: UCLA is the Bruins. No,
0: the other Bruins, the Bears.
1: Oh, Cal... Cal... Berkeley.
0: Berkeley. Thank you. They live in Berkeley. Right. Cal. Cal. So they lived in Berkeley in the Thorson house built by Green and Green. Oh, my. So one of the things that also got inherited... Or donated to museums were Uh pieces built by Green and Green. Oh my goodness! uh, Family seat, family legacy here at the Huntington Hartford Museum. There's an entire wing. Oh wow! With their furniture that was donated after he died. Oh
1: my goodness! There is a
0: table that has 27 inlaid leaves. (gasps) It's like a 14, 15 foot table. Oh wow! Handmade and inlaid with abalone shells. Oh my God! There's a a a a shoe shine box that's there. There's oh a, a a hand strewn uh, fireplace.
1: Um, oh, like a grate, like that goes on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So there's a there's a whole bunch of that stuff. Wow. Uh, the family wanted it. They're like, no, this go to the museum. I mean, it, because it's 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 famously priceless. architectured right. stuff, right? right? It should be in a museum. So we got some of those things as well, right? So it turns out Uncle Eric, who was a pretty smart guy. Uh, had a warehouse that had a lot of antique furniture in it. Mm-hmm. And this particular year that I got the letter, mm-hmm. they had gone into inventory that warehouse and there was a chair missing. And that chair calced out to $12,000. <gasps> and so they liquidated that warehouse. And that's how we found out we were in the will.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So there's... My dad, who was the baby, right. my aunt, who's the middle, my uncle, Jimmy, who's the oldest, right? they have wives, so that's right. six people, and they all had four kids. Wow. And then in addition to that, there was the lawyer, mm-hmm. the banker, right, and the doctor. Okay. And those were the 27 people that were all on his will.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So what he, and that's how we found out. And then we didn't know nothing for right. years, right? right? We were all like, "Ooh, what are we getting? What are we getting?" Right, and, and then nothing. And and they were recluse. Oh. And they were they were I want to say Scientologists, but they were they were recluse and didn't believe in doctors. Oh right. So they were Howard Hughesy. Ooh. And so there's stories about uh, Uncle Jimmy going up there, and Elsa had fallen and broken something, and Eric left her a saucer of milk and some bread and he went to work and came back and she just laid there until she got better. That She
1: laid on a bed? On the
0: floor. On the cause, floor. Cause they wouldn't let anybody come in. And when the siblings all found out, they wanted to go up there, he's like, I don't want none of y'all up here. Oh my God. And eventually, Uncle Jimmy and my my cousin Steven got in, in their good graces, and got to go through and... Um, there's a story about going up there and he pulled some, uh, he had a million dollar China collection. Oh my God. Right? And he pulled these goblets off of this, off of this thing uh-huh. to pour water in them. And the dust they said was, uh, you know, so I mean, they, they'd been living recluse in this house for years and years and years. Oh. Well, eventually now I was, I was in the army. So I was for the first time in my life, estranged from my family. I was, right. I was out. Pr- out of touch. Protecting America. Uh, and, and thank you for your service. And, uh, and so I was kind of only privy to these stories secondhand after the time had passed, right? Because right. I was busy. Right. And so I heard stories about uh, how they all got to go up there. He finally allowed them to all go up there, the husbands and wives. So aunt, uncle, dad, and the wives or husband. Uh-huh. Uh, aunt Joan's husband had already passed by then, so it was just her. Uh-huh. And divvy some stuff up. Okay. My mother... Um, she turned into a bit of a, a crazy person and and demanded she get stuff and they're taking stuff and you don't see what they're doing stuff and stole stuff and took stuff out of the trash because oh, it no. was still good and she did what my mother did, right? Uh, uh, we know she was a hoarder in later life, but she took some stuff, right? Um and when i would hear the stories and look at her it was almost gollum like right or no 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 uh, 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 when uh, uh, bilbo turns in like goes after the ring and oh, it turns right, out right a right. crazy crazy look in her eyes um, and me and my siblings were like, we don't want to be any part of this. It right. was, it was, it's, it well, was a crazy money thing, right? It's, it's ugly, is what it is. It's the fear of, it's FOMO. It's the yeah. fear of not having it, yeah, and the fear of somebody else is going to get it, right? And the fear of not having enough all your life, and so I mean, it was just she was going to get it, right? right? So we distance ourselves a little bit from that. When they passed. Uh-huh. What we learned was Uncle Eric had a five-page list of benefactors. The okay. first 27 were us. Uh-huh. And everybody got 100000 apiece.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And then everybody passed that, institutions, uh-huh. Uh-huh. USC, Boy Scouts of America, all liquidated cars, any anything, and mm-hmm. we were not allowed to know what the full amount was. Mm-hmm. We heard somewhere around $10 million, but we didn't know. Wow. Um, all got 100000 apiece, uh-huh. all through five pages if it lasted that long. Right. And then at the end of the fifth page, if there was still money left over, it started at twenty-eight, and they got a second share until the money was wow. liquidated, right? Okay. Pretty smart, because that way there's no fighting over anything. This right. is what you get, and that's it.
1: Right. That was brilliant, actually.
0: So... When the checks were distributed, my father magnanimously brought us all to the house. We're all relatively grown by that point. Sort of. One of us is, I'm the only married one, but everybody else is engaged or dating, I want to say. Okay. Alicia was in college and uh, passed out the checks, bright and shiny checks for $100,000, right? Ooh. What are you going to do? And mom and dad are like, I think we should buy a house. We should buy a vacation house in Gardnerville. And- uh, Three of the sibs were on board, and and the one that was married with the wife was being like, kicked under the table going, we're not buying a fucking house in Gardnerville, California.
1: <laughs> with your parents.
0: With with our money, we got bills, right? Right. Uh, so we did not buy into that house. I went up there one time. It was a lovely little house. My brother lived there for a little bit. Um, I don't remember why or how it sold, but it didn't last forever, and they got out of that. Okay. And uh, that fucking house would be worth half a million dollars now. What? Uh, so... Uh, some bad decisions were made. But, I mean, this all falls along the story of money, right? right? And how the, the fear is and, and what goes with that. And um, my share, uh-huh. we bought a house and we got hijacked from our real realtor right. who shanghaied us into a higher monetary down payment of $60,000. Holy shit. We were also told because that money had just gotten into the bank and because... We didn't have a lot of money in the bank prior to that, that Uh. you couldn't use that. It didn't count against you just because you have $100,000 doesn't mean they think you have $100,000 is what we were told. So we we really got hardballed into putting 60 grand down into this house we needed a house we had three kids so we did buy a house right and then we paid the cars off and we bought a year's worth of insurance and and within six months that money was was gone gone right gone which set me into an alcoholic depression let me tell you i I, i started drinking heavier and that was really hard to fathom and we still ended up uh just a few years later uh having that house foreclosed on right and and losing it all, I lost I lost the house. I pretty much drank my way through that. It was the beginning of the end of the downfall of that marriage for sure. Right, um, sister bought a truck. Brother bought a car. Other brother, um, other brother was in the process of getting engaged, and there is a wonderful story about my mother pulling him into the room and going all crazy eyed on him and that woman wants you for your money and she's evil and i mean just the horror and she did that with all of them she did that she did that with my sister she did that with my brother really Um, and and uh, it was just that's how we grew up looking at money though
1: can't you see that there's a pattern there like there is a pattern of course money creates patterns in our lives, right? Your mother's fear of never having enough of hold and and once I have something I'm going to hold on to it by God and nobody gets to know how much it is or, or where it came from or any of that. That's just that's fear-based.
0: Well, the ugliest side of that is that behavior, that psychological behavior had nothing to do with my wife or sister-in-law. It had to do with her feeling about herself. Oh, right. And what she she projected her views on herself and how she felt about money onto these women that we were falling in love with or that we had right in 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 our lives and it it was just ugly but it taught all of us right taught all of us a a valuable lesson that we will get to in a future story okay all right so now life goes on right now I learn a little bit and now uh, I gave that all to the wife she she ran that money right Mm -hmm. I mean I made the decision but it's not like I was walking around with a lot of money right that went into the bank account and we're still doing the Uh go to the grocery store and you get changed yeah so I mean that skewed a lot of uh how I viewed that money and how I viewed money in general so um Working for the sheriff department now, uh-huh. right? Getting a little bit more education about how life works. Uh, losing a house and learning how that kind of worked. Um, have I told the story about that house? You I think did. I think I have. Right? You have. You I was have. super angry. Right? I ripped everything apart in that house. It was. Uh, I was. A, I was an asshole, and I was an angry guy. Well, then we get separated. Then we get divorced. Now I'm single. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now. Uh, I'm living in the bitchin' apartment. Mm -hmm. Now I'm learning how to cook for myself and feed myself. Buy your own underwear. Buy my own underwear and buy furniture and get a computer and learn to date. And I grew up at like 38, 39, right? Wow. Uh, Get some more clout in the sheriff's department and and learn a little bit more about how to manage money. And um, I start. Learning to be frugal, I start learning to budget. I start learning to to live life, mm-hmm. and, and money. And I get this book. It's about that time that I got this book, okay. Where I look at it completely different, right? Oh my God, this makes so much sense. Right. Let me let me read the back of this book and tell you some of the things that it talks about. This okay. is from the back cover of "The Energy of Money: A Spiritual Guide to Financial and Personal Fulfillment" by Maria Namath. PhD uncover the hidden landscape of beliefs, patterns and habits that underlie and sometimes subvert your everyday use of money and personal resources tame the dragons of driven behavior and bhyholism i like that Ooh. diffuse fears of deprivation and scarcity mm-hmm. embrace and work through paradox and confusion consciously focus your money energy Clear yourself to receive the energy and support of others and the universe. I don't deserve, right? Right. Develop and stay on your per- personal path to abundance, right? Uh-huh. That flipped my whole script upside down, right? right? It made sense that I had this, this baggage of 39 years that had to do with everything I did when I spent, Right. right conversely right before this time frame as i was getting divorced and leaving there was a lot of guilt that well, had to do with that right. had to do with that marriage and and for first year year and a half i was giving her just about 75% of my checks Ooh. i was living on 300 bucks a month oh. i was sleeping on floors i was cuz i i was guilty and i didn't deserve it and and she needed to take care of the kids and all of that stuff <clears throat>
1: So you never had like a formal alimony or a formal child support. You just gave her.
0: Don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just gave her because we did. We decided we didn't want to go through courts. We we made adult amicable decisions about this right. when we went to uh, to to uh, not rehab. Um, Uh, mitigation with the kids we five minutes we were in there we looked at each other and said we don't want to do this let's let's come to terms and we were adult about it we we just neither one of us has ever seen the need to fight over children it's a ridiculous thing
1: well and it's it's actually cruel for all the
0: those assholes out there and there's there's i'll call them bitches too that that want to use their kids against their spouse it's that's evil and that's so wrong. Right. And if if you're that hurt, fucking deal with your stuff and don't take it out on your ex with your kids. Right. Asshole. Right. All right, I'm done with that. Okay. So um so there was a lot of guilt around money also when I found this book. So this book really opened my eyes up to how I behave, think, and worked around money. Right. It was around that time, because I've been sober a little bit now uh, And I'd been single a little bit now mm-hmm. that I run into uh, JK, John Kelly and my Al-Anon sponsor, mm-hmm. who uh, is a trust fund baby. This guy inherited, grew up in a very large trust fund and wow. had a lot of money. Wow. And m- money wasn't a thing for him. Right. Right, it's and, not a
1: worry. And to
0: put it in perspective, one time I called him and I was crying because I had to pay three hundred dollars in taxes that year. <laughs> and his response was because I've told stories about J.K. Right, he he, he doesn't pull punches no. on me, right? No, he's and very real. and I'm like, real. I'm like, I gotta pay three hundred bucks in taxes. He says, "What?" I said, "I'm paying three hundred bucks in taxes." I'm so he says, "Shut the fuck up, <laughs> fuck you." I'm like, "What?" What? And he goes into this story about where he had invested. Uh, in a medical building, I think, and uh, there were three of them, and he invested into one, and two of them took off, and his did not. Oh, no. And and he owed about one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in taxes. Oh, right? so shut the fuck up. So your three hundred like, is like okay. Let me let me shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right? Right. But here's what's here's what this guy taught me. Mm-hmm. Perspective is everything when it comes to money. Oh, for sure. Just because it it, it it's it's proportionate, right? right. My three hundred bucks is equal to a hundred thousand dollars in oh, his world.
1: For sure, right.
0: But that kind of money is is different. The people that have that kind of money are different. Right. And I had a very poignant thing happen to me. I went out with him one. he used to live in Vegas, so he asked me to come with him. Um, he had a lot of different things that he did with his money that were over my head, right? Uh, it, loaning money, right. Uh, all kinds of different things. When you have that much, you can do a lot with it. Right. And he had these two guys come in from um, a venture that he had... In Ohio or someplace, and these two guys were from that venture, and um, he's a he's a golf guy too. Oh, okay. So people would come to Vegas, and and he'd hook them up with real expensive golf, and and nice. he he's yeah. a PGA guy, so I mean he can oh, play, cool. and and. It's just a different level of money. Right. Right. I don't, I don't, at that time especially, I don't know what it's like to go play golf for 500 bucks a round. No. I, I don't know what it's like to go to expensive steakhouses. I'm just learning how to manage my, right. my little percentage that I have left over after I pay rent. Right, right, right. So we go to dinner with these two guys. They're in suits and uh, JK's dressed up and I'm wearing what I wear. Right. Right. And if you don't know me, let me tell you, I wear a lot of cotton with a lot of flowery colors on it. Right. So. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, you, I'm, you dress for comfort, I I, I
0: totally do. I'm a hippie when it comes to dressing. But we're sitting at dinner with these guys, really nice steakhouse. They're talking, and they're talking about money that's over my head. Like, I literally have no idea what right. they're talking about. They
1: might as well be speaking a different language. Because they really are, in a way, speaking another language.
0: Before dinner, they're dropping money into $500 slot machines.
1: $500 uh, slot machines. A
0: pull. <gasps> right oh my god
1: that hurts my tummy i have tummy. no
0: idea no concept of what that kind of money's like no especially at this point in my life right i go into the bathroom take a pee and these two guys come in and they don't know i'm in there uh, and they start talking shit about me uh, who the fuck is that guy with him what is he doing here uh, because he doesn't even know how to dress i mean they're literally and not only did i feel small it's like I don't belong here. Uh, I am so out of my league, right? And so I should not be at this dinner. And and these are not my people, right? Right. So what and did you do? I finished dinner, but I was I was a mouse, right. for the for the rest of the dinner. And I may have said something to JK, and he's like, yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, it wasn't that big right. a deal. Right, but it kind of put me in my place with where I was. Right, right. if you don't know that world, if you right. if you don't know how to do that, either buck up and learn or right. get out and go play in the sandbox with your own people. Right, 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 right. Now, I think that's a poignant story because of how I do business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I learned over time through all the stories that I've had mm-hmm. on this podcast that. At some point, I came to a realization that the business that I own is never going to make me rich. Right. It's really not going to make me more than what I need. Correct. And in the spiritual realm of how I do business in my belief system, Mm -hmm. I believe and I allow that the money I need will come in. Right. That what I'm looking for will Become abundant, mm-hmm. and abundant being an adjective of need, not want. Correct. So I'm never going to make the million dollars here. No. But I always get what I want and right. not not much more. And it, right. it, it this goes back to this book, but when I finally got that concept of I'm not working to pay bills, but I'm not working to get rich. Mm-hmm. And I had to become comfortable with that. That that, that helped me learn to become comfortable with, with my lane in the world of money. I like that. Right? So, early on in this particular business, there were a couple times, you may have been with me, there were a couple times when... Uh, we get to payday at the end of the month and it's not there and yep. we're a couple hundred short and, and just a couple hundred, right? right? And and you're on the phone calling clients to try and bring them in right. so that we can get <clears throat> just, to, just to even so that we can pay the rent tomorrow. Right. And then I go to my chiropractor uh-huh. and uh, he's like, oh, dude, because he owns a business. Right. And he's got seven different chiros in there plus right. acupuncturists and, and employees. Right. And he's like, "Oh yeah," he says, "I've been I've been fifteen thousand dollars short on payday before." And I'm like, "Again, okay. shut shut the fuck up, right? Right? It's all proportionate. It is, it, and it teaches me. Oh, this is how business is done. It this it is truly how is. this is how owning a business and business owners are. Right. My my best friend Jim Sabatello, mm-hmm. who owns a carpet company out out at the beach." Uh, same thing. He's right. like, oh yeah, he says I've I've chased money on Friday paydays right. calling all the way back east because right. he's on a 90 day net, which we don't do right but that's uh, this is how I learned business right And so part of my learning business and money mm-hmm. was talking to friends and talking right. to colleagues and talking to other people of a like-minded right. uh, ability to learn, what they do and right. how they do and how that worked for them. Well,
1: and what is norm? So um, I, I do some consulting on the side with people who are wanting to uh, start their own small business. And one of the conversations that we always have, it's one of the first conversations that I have with them is... For the most part, these are people who have are coming from some sort of corporate or county or some sort of job, right? The job where every other Friday they hand you a check and you don't have
0: to think M- about much it. Much like I did.
1: Right. So, So one of the things, one of the very first conversations is always, what is your tolerance for... There's going to be times when you have a lot of money and everything's great. And there's going to be times when you're chasing clients so that you can pay payroll. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so that, that you, it is a totally different mindset. It is.
0: You bring up, you bring up a good point. At, at this time now, I'm working, I'm working in jail. I'm working for the county. I have a mm-hmm. steady paycheck. Right. I have a lot of benefits. I've told the story about, uh, how um, Wolfgang Puck found me and wanted to hire me back for Disney. And, uh-huh. and I had a really good job with the county, better than what they could have paid me in uh, in the restaurant world. Yeah. So I stayed with that. Well, you get really used to that. You do. You get really used to the insurance. Yep. You get really used to the benefits. You right. get really complacent about the money. Exactly. And so uh, when... You and I stepped into this business. Mm-hmm. You were the driving force about whoa, 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 Kimo right. sabi. <laughs> you need to you need to slow your roll and check your stuff, right? Because the dollar is no longer a dollar. No, the dollar that I had when I was with the county is vastly different than the dollar I have when I'm making that money. Right. Right. And it, it becomes I catered for a long time, so I learned a lot about the math of how to do business my own way. I've talked right. about that before. So this was the same thing, but how many clients do I have to have to make the nut that I have exactly. and then the nut increased. Now over time in the last six years we've grown this thing and, right. and it's proportionate and um and we've made some mistakes. But right. but <laughs> and then there was the pandemic. And then there was the <laughs> pandemic. But as we've, uh, well, let's tell it. At the beginning of this year, we were in a lot of debt because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when we went and looked at our finances, we were paying a lot of money in uh, finance charges. We were. And, and when we looked at why, we came down with it's the pandemic. It we, we made it through the pandemic and we, we, we amassed up some credit. Uh,
1: and let's just say there were a lot, lot, lot of businesses that didn't make it. Absolutely.
0: We did good. Here, let's right. high five right now. Woo! So let me go back from that story mm-hmm. because we'll we'll complete the circle here. Okay. So then in 2020, the folks died. Right. Both my parents passed away of COVID. My Uncle Ernie, God rest his soul, passed away of COVID. You, me, my wife, my Aunt Jody, and the caretaker all got COVID pretty bad. but yeah. three people died. Yep. Uh, so the next year is uh, cleaning the hoarder house. The right. next year is uh, looking through finances of 50 years of, of the mistakes that they made and the things that they did. Mm-hmm. And the selling of the house, right. which netted us a... a Nice little profits spread four ways, right? Well, the brothers and sister get together, and we're all kind of looking at each other with a smart going, been there, done that. Right. We're not doing the same thing we did before.
1: Right.
0: It's a fortuitous kind of family thing for us that we've had this kind of money before, Correct. and we've learned how to learned blow it. how
1: to blow it, and you don't need to and do that so again.
0: And so when we got together this time we learned how to invest it or use it mm-hmm. wisely so mm-hmm. that it could make us money or enrich our lives longer than six months. Mm-hmm. That's age. That's wisdom. That's sure. practice. But, uh, you can learn it a lot sooner. In fact, I alluded to that uh, client that came in earlier this week. My whole point to her was cause she's young. Mm-hmm. If you're young and you have that much money, uh,
1: do smart things with it
0: learn how to do something with it so that when you're my age right you got quadruple that amount if not more right right learn from me i would like to teach that lesson to people that have it because i certainly didn't Right. right so uh once that happens we get that money i took that money and uh invested it into myself and my business and we paid our debt down and we we, we were at a zero balance at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. which is pretty unheard of coming out of covid it is and we didn't get super a, 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 a ton of government bailout money we we did that ourselves because we made good conscious decisions about that yes um so the way that i live my life today when it comes to money has to do with exactly that uh, when i when I reflect on how I'm doing and what I need, I don't really want for nothing. in fact, last week, Lisa, my wife, mm-hmm. Lisa won. Uh Oh, I you may have been watching a Yamaha commercial or something, but she's like, right. what would you do if you won the lottery? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, what's the one frivolous thing? I understand we're paying off debt. We're right. getting another home and we're doing this, that and the other. All the right, kids right, right, get right. whatever. Right. But what's the one frivolous thing you would do with, with I think we we're talking millions, right? Right. And I'm like... Uh, I got to, my first one was poker, and then and then I went uh, like I I do the ten thousand dollar World Series of Poker, and then the truth is like I wouldn't. Yeah, I just went through that this year. It's not something I want to do. That doesn't right. sound fun to me. It's not the money. I just I wouldn't enjoy it. Right. I might play at a higher level, but right. I mean even then, it's like we're talking five or ten thousand. I wouldn't take a, a crap load. Right. I I can't think of a great car that I'd want to buy or some. Oh, I can. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, good. But I mean, here's the thing. I'm kind of happy right, right now. I'm I'm good with what I got. And I think the whole lesson of our message today has to do with get to that point with money where you're you're comfortable and you're happy, right? right? The juxtaposition of seeing my mom turn crazy. Right. Turn me in the other direction, as did a lot of her behaviors. Turn me in the other direction of I'm not going to do that. Right.
1: That's I'm going to be happy be. with
0: what I got.
1: Right. Can I? I have a story. Please do. do. Okay. So we all kind of grew up hearing that money is the root of all evil. You know, that was kind of it. Um, it's not really what it says. Um, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. That's a totally different thing, right?
0: Lisa K getting biblically technical. Right,
1: here. and let's go. It, it's 1 Timothy 6.10. So, um, if,
0: if you didn't know.
1: Right. Uh, so think about the love of money and that drive, right? That drive of more, 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 more. I need more, more, more. And that becomes, for those people who are driven by that, that becomes... Uh, Unreal. It becomes where your mom was. It becomes crazy.
0: It can become an obsession and an addiction.
1: So there's an old story about, and it's either Getty or it was uh, Ford. And they were on their deathbed, very wealthy. I mean, uh, the uh, the, the Elon Musk of their day, right? Beyond uh, money that anyone could imagine. And somebody asked him on his deathbed, how much is enough money? And he said, one more dollar. He's dying. He's got all the money he could want. He's got all the money anybody could imagine. And what was enough? One more dollar.
0: I remember seeing an interview. I think it was with Trump mm-hmm. before he got all political. Right. And the interviewer asked him if he picked change up off the street. Uh-huh. He's like, if I see a penny, I'll pick it up. Right. You know, I mean, it's like you, you, you cannot do it. We had a client yesterday who came in and said he had just seen this. Uh, help me out here because I'm not remembering remember exactly. He goes, if... It, they were telling school kids, if you have a million dollars,
1: right? If you have a million dollars, and I told you, you had to spend a
0: hundred thousand dollars a day. A day.
1: How many day? How long would that last you? A
0: and million it, dollars. And it was what? Ten days. It's ten days. Ten days. He right. goes, if you had a billion dollars,
1: right? And you have to spend the same amount, hundred thousand.
0: How long would it be?
1: That's twenty nine years.
0: Twenty nine years.
1: So the and, difference between a million and a billion. Is that much?
0: And then he said, "If you go back to Egyptian times when they built the pyramids, uh-huh. and you spent a thousand dollars, no, day. it was like fifty thousand dollars a day. Okay, wasn't it fifty thousand?
1: I want to say it was. These are five
0: thousand or fifty thousand. Okay, five. Let's Look go five, five. <clears> thousand. We'll probably get this wrong. Uh-huh. And you spent it all the way up into now. You still would not have the same amount of money that uh, Jeff Bezos has right now."
1: It's just it's incomprehensible,
0: right? right. and so, And so that got us that got us talking about this topic, right? I mean, right. what you don't want for nothing, but no. a, at some point, uh, y- y- you want to enjoy your business, right? You know, you want to enjoy your life. You want right. It's not about the luxury and the stuff as much as it is. You know. How about you just do day to day and you put your feet in the grass and you hug a tree?
1: Right. You do the things that I think. So, what? our business is built on is helping people get better right in, in whatever form that is um emotionally physically spiritually um all of that and um like you said we're not sitting in the lap of luxury but we have a great office we have i don't,
0: I don't want for nothing right i really don't i'm, I'm happy and i'm comfortable right and, and the the truth is i mean if the whole thing went to shit i i i, I don't have enough to last me uh Ten years, but I, I also, um, I could get through the next couple of days, I think. But it's—I remember living check to check. I'm oh, not living sure. check to check anymore, there right? So, um, you know, so it's just proportion. And I'm continuing to learn, and I'm continuing to grow. And I'm—and uh, we got a, a money manager a few years ago because it's like we're getting old. Actually, my parents taught me a lot about what I don't want to do, and we've—we're fixing that, and we have fixed that, and we are setting that up. Because I don't want my children to go through what I went through in the in right. the death of me, right? right. It's, there's all kinds of learning lessons. I hate to say it, Lisa, but we're on the downside now. Yeah, We're, we're on the other side of the Rainbow Bridge here. Thank you. That, that was cheery. We can actually see the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm can from stop here. Stop it. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So there it is, kids. That's money. Something you want to think about, this Christmas festive Yuletide season. Right. And,
1: uh, you know, here's, can I just throw this Last in? thing, Lisa. Last thing, because I'm just chatty today. You know, um, my, my holiday experience when I was growing up was about getting things. And my mom would spend down to the penny the exact same amount on me and my sister. I mean, that was like a big deal to her. And uh, it was all about the things I've tried to start doing um, with my own children who are now adults um, experiences. So I'm giving them experiences, Um, uh, maybe a concert, maybe a, a, a museum trip. Um, but maybe little and then little things like honestly i give them a children's book every year
0: the experience of you going over for the holidays
1: yes that experience okay. the, the experience
0: <laughs> of taking up room on their couch
1: <laughs> yes all of those but you know what it's not the things people it it's the time we spend with the people that we love
0: yes end right there that's perfect that was it peace out y'all merry christmas